The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. The shepherds went in haste to Bethlehem and found Mary and Joseph and the infant lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known the message that had been told them about this child. All who heard it were amazed by what had been told them by the shepherds. And Mary kept all these things, reflecting on them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as had been told to them. When eight days were completed for his circumcision, he was named Jesus, the name given him by the angel, before he was conceived in the womb. The Gospel of the Lord. Have you ever thought about how weird the word spoon is? What about the word fork or knife or plate for that matter? Who was the first person that thought spoon was an adequate description for the object we know as a spoon? Have you ever looked at your fingertips? Have you looked at the patterns to see how they work, to how they go? Interestingly enough, I have all my fingertips point the same way except one. It's backwards. I don't understand it. Maybe all of you are the same. But it's the way it is. Those are odd questions to ask. And I can tell it by the looks on your face that presume I had a little too much to drink last night to celebrate New Year's. They're like, where's Father going today? But I ask those questions because those are questions we don't normally ask. They're things we don't normally think about. We say the word spoon often and fork and knife and plate and so on, and we use them frequently, daily. We use our fingertips all through the course of our day. But how often are we mindful of them? How often do we reflect on why we are the way we are? Why things are what they are in their names or in their descriptions? Whenever I came to our parish a couple of years ago now, one of the things that I did is I went around and I took pictures of a bunch of random things inside the churches, outside the churches, cemeteries, and so on. And I posted it on Facebook and just said, do y'all know where these things are? Some of you may remember that. There were a number of things that were, of course, rather notable. You know, pictures, you know, statues of, of St. Vincent and of our stained glass windows and, and various other things throughout the grounds here and at St. Anne. But there was one thing that in particular caused a lot of people some confusion because they didn't know where exactly it was and they hadn't, they hadn't seen it. And yet they were confused because it was so beautiful, but they wanted to know where it was. And there was a little icon over the door in the back of the church here. How often we walk out the back of the church and we, looked, we look down to make sure we don't miss a step, but we fail to look up. To see a beautiful image right over our heads. And how many times did it happen that we simply walk out of the church without being mindful of it? That and so many other things that they're so normal to us. Spoons and forks, fingertips, and things around us in the world. That they become simply ordinary things. And they lose some of the marvel 
that ought to be rightly theirs. Some of the awe that should strike deeply within our hearts. As we celebrate this feast this weekend, today is the Feast of Mary, Mother of God. It's a title that should shock us, and yet usually it doesn't. In the early church, there were great fights, there were literal fights over the title Mother of God in regards to Our Lady. There were different bishops who were fighting against each other, and some were saying she's the Mother of God, and they were saying, that is way too strong of a word. How about we just say she's the mother of the human nature of Jesus? She gave Jesus flesh. But to say mother of God? No, that's too much. It's too much. There was great division in the early church. Many reflections that ultimately came down to be able to bring to us this title, Mary, Mother of God, which highlights certainly the, the maternity of Mary, that she is in fact the mother of God, Jesus himself, But more importantly, it spoke to Jesus, who was not just a human person, but fully God. There were things that shocked them. Indeed, the scriptures that we've heard this past weekend, this weekend, the ones that we'll hear next weekend, and the ones that we hear through the course of daily masses, they're all ones where people are shaken. We hear stories of how, in, in, in recent weeks, we've heard how Elizabeth who was barren, bore a child, John the Baptist. And how his father, Zechariah, while serving in the temple, saw a vision from an angel and was told that his son would be the forerunner of the Savior. There was a reality in which a miraculous healing occurred because Zechariah, he doubted the angel's word, and he was struck mute. But on the day that John was born and he said, his name is John, and he scratched it on paper, he was healed and able to speak fully once more. Angels appeared to Our Lady to announce the good news and to St. Joseph. Angels appeared to the shepherds. A great star in the sky appears to the, the three magi, the three kings. All of these stories are things of incredible events. Certainly many marveled at them. Our Lady reflecting all of these things in our heart, right? And rightly so. And the news spread all through the region. Almost every one of those accounts indicates that little phrase with it. And the news spread all through the region, all through Galilee, all through Judea, all through Samaria, the whole land. Everybody heard. And yet, as time went on, the good news became normal. Jesus, the Son of God, the Son of David, God with us, over the course of 30 years, quietly working with his father in the workshop, became no longer the son of God to the people around him, but just Jesus, the son of the carpenter. Mary, who was the mother of God, the virgin who bore God in her womb, became Mary, another of the ladies that live in Nazareth, as so many. St. Joseph, the one who heard the angels speak and was the caretaker for the mother of God and God himself, became Joseph the carpenter. So many normal things. And in the course of their days, that's how they lived. They lived the exact same life as every single person around them, despite the fact that there was something unique about each of them. The extraordinary was right there in the midst of the ordinary things of daily life. And so many people likely missed it. How many people came to the workshop with St. Joseph and failed to recognize that his son was God? He was just working on a table. 
How many people sat alongside Mary at the well, getting water to go home to take care of things at the house, failing to recognize that she had borne God in her womb? How many people? As we reflect on that aspect of Nazareth, the quietness, the hiddenness of the ordinary, or the extraordinary rather, in the ordinary things of daily life, it's an invitation for us to see again, to have our eyes opened up once more. One of the things that I appreciated whenever I was working for my parents in the grocery store is that in the store we would get used to things. And you know, in your workplace, things become part of the normal, the normal condition. Everything seems normal. And then someone else comes in and says, hey, have you ever noticed that you need to work on such and such? No. <laughs> it's just part of the things. I never thought about that. Thank you. And it takes that extra set of fresh eyes to help us to see again. And it's that that the church brings to us today. We come and we rest in the midst of Nazareth, in the quietness of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, Mary, the mother of God. And the church simply says, hey, have you noticed? Have you seen this? Have you let this speak to your heart lately? To let it bring us really to a state of awe, where we can't help but just simply go, wow. How incredible. Christmas easily becomes a celebration which is very comfortable to us. We're used to the nativity scenes and the magi and all the the lights and the decorations and all of these things. And it's good. But at the same time, there are opportunities for us to see once again. To see with new eyes, fresh eyes. The mystery of God before us. And so what I want to invite you to this week is to allow yourself to marvel at foolish things. Marvel at them. Think about the word spoon for a while. Look at your fingertips. Think about the things of the Mass, the words that we say each week. Look at your favorite scripture passage again and read it slowly with new eyes. Those prayers that we offer that are so familiar to us, various prayers to saints or to our lady, to our Lord, various things that we offer through the course of our days, to pause and to say them differently and to allow them to become fresh once more. To look at our churches and to see the beauty they possess and the ways in which they speak to us. Maybe it's our family and friends, people who we take for granted in the course of our days, who are just part of the normal scenery of our daily life. And to see the gift that they truly are to us. Opportunities for us to look around us, even just in the world, and to be awed by God. Shock and wonder, inspiration, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, enjoy that moment of the things that God has done for us. As we allow ourselves to see incredible things in the course of our daily life, it becomes more and more easy for us to recognize that ordinary life is rather extraordinary because our Lord is with us. He's taken on our flesh, born of a virgin. He lived among us, did the same things as you and I, and he comes to be with us even more still. So let us pray the grace today of the Lord Jesus through the intercession of Our Lady and St. Joseph, 
that we might be able to see with those new eyes the things that God desires to see with us and things he desires to show us, he who is God with us.